Mahomes at bay. The Tampa Bay Bucks, Super Bowl 55. Hello and welcome to a Friday night banter, Bucks banter that is. And I'm your host, Colin Hallboom. And uh, nothing I'd rather be doing right now than talking some Tampa Bay Buccaneers football, as well as some other various NFL uh, football topics. I am joined by my compadre, Bo Dan Yard. Bo, what's good, man? Feeling good, man. How are you? I'm doing well, brother. I'm doing well. You have a good weekend? Good week? Sorry, I guess it's Friday. I'm thrown off. <laughs> yeah, no. I Yeah, I've been pretty good week, you know. Um, still working from home, so that's always nice. But yeah, pretty good. What about better, you? Better for the podcast as well. Exactly. Much better for the timing of the podcast. For sure, man. No, my week was good. My week was good. Um, well, it wasn't the best, actually. I had a pretty gnarly cold. Um, wasn't COVID. Got the test and everything to prove it. But uh, regardless, I was kind of out of commission, and that's why we didn't do our Monday evening usual Bucks banter show here live on Bucks Report. Um, so I do have a couple thoughts just related, some observations, some notes I took down um, following that Rams loss. Obviously, the Buccaneers had won 10 straight before they – they got pretty well handled um, in every aspect of the game by the Rams. Uh, and one thing was on my mind is that just the fact that Sean McVay really owned Todd Bowles that entire game. And that was a, a matchup that we talked about heading into it. And I was really yeah. curious to see, you know, I just kind of expected Bowles to redeem himself a little bit. Obviously, I'm well aware of all the injuries that the secondary is experiencing. Yeah. Um, that's an issue. Um but there were a few things um, that he did that I didn't love. Um, he didn't really adjust when Jamel Dean went down with the injury, and he kind of left D. Delaney and Ross Cockrell on an island there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and McVay has really dominated his matchups with the Bucs, um, putting up insane numbers against the Bucks D every time they've met during this current regime. So, um, you know, just something to keep an eye on. But the biggest problem, I mean, aside like – the secondary's banged up, so – the Buccaneers are, are letting up historic numbers of passing yards against them. Uh, but to me, they're just unable to get generate enough pressure right now. And I'm just asking myself, you know, is this a product of the front four not winning their battles? Is Bulls not calling enough blitzes? What's going on? Uh, the Bucs have three sacks through their first three games, which is last in the NFL. They had 11 at this point last season for reference. Um, yeah. You know, they need more from Shaq Barrett coming off the edge. He signed a big deal. He was talking a lot of talk coming to the season. I expect Shaq Barrett to turn around. I'm not trying to rip on Shaq Barrett. Yeah. Um, but he does need to win his battles and step up, especially in a game when, like, JPP's out. And you know the interior guys are doing work. So, um, you know, that's something something just moving forward as well that, that needs to be focused on. Um, now, obviously, we've signed Richard Sherman. So we're, we're, we're the Bucks are still great against the run, but they're atrocious against the pass, and it's a passing league. And yeah, that, that's that's funny you say that because like I almost feel like when you watch people play the Bucks, it's very apparent that they've decided we're not even going to try to run the ball like the Cowboys in week one. Oh, yeah. Basically saying we're just going to pass on every down. So it's almost like how bad the passing game, uh, the defensive passing game has been is a product of the play style that the other teams are opting into. 100%. And you know what, Bo? It's a good point you bring up because the three teams they've played operate predominantly out of a passing attack anyway. So it has worked yeah. in their favor, right? Dallas, even Atlanta, and then the Rams. Like, those are teams that, that do their damage in the air. Yeah. Um, but but I think it's been a concerted effort over the last three years since the Bucks have had the, the most stout run defense in the league. Exactly. You know, but how atrocious is their, their pass defense? Well, 
They're allowing 338 yards air yards per game, which would be the yeah. worst in, worst in league history if they were to maintain that mark. So I don't expect that to happen, but it, it, like it's a serious concern. It's you got to get healthy. The first thing you have to do is get healthy. Bring in Richard Sherman helps, but you just need to get healthy. Get your starters back out there. Um, totally. I think we've talked about this before. Just like the recipe to beat the Bucks is to be just be able to pick them off uh, intermediate in the game and then test uh, test downfield against uh, inexperienced uh, inexperienced defensive backs. So, yeah, it's it's a tough look, and it's it really looked like McVay had it all figured out as well too. Um, I saw the Rams. The Rams were just getting Tyler Higby involved, as I, I noted, he might be involved a little bit in our last Friday show. You um, did, but, and I kind of snarked at you for that remark. So I know. I owe I you know. one there. You're right, you did. But, but it's the Rams are such a disciplined team offensively and are able to do so many things with different personnel out there. Um, and it all starts with their offensive line. Their offensive line is like one of the best, I think maybe the best in the league. And not just are they great at protection, they're smart. Um, those tight end screens that Tyler Higby was getting off in the first half, especially, um, a lot of teams try to run those, but they just get too many men down the field every time they try to set up a screen like that. Yeah. The Rams are so smart in setting up those plays, making sure they're five yards from the line of scrimmage and then getting the pass out. Stafford's getting the ball out quick so that the guys don't have to think about it as much as well, too. But the Rams, the Rams played a great game. And like we said, like this, you can't really take too much of out of a week three or week four loss you know what i mean like okay you're gonna win a few you're gonna win you're gonna lose a few games along this way it doesn't take you out of contention and honestly i think the rams the rams showed a lot of their playbook in that in that matchup too um we saw the cooper cup in the backfield plays the robert woods in the backfield plays um it was an interesting game offensively just to see how how that shook out but yeah todd todd bowles i don't know if he mailed it in but it almost it felt like it at the time um, you you mean like strategically almost mailed it in at a point where he was like, you know what, I'm not going to show any cards right now because you mentioned that yeah pregame uh, our preview of that game. And um, I think especially when we're get when we're like you're seeing the injury report come out, Todd Bowles probably looking at the, our side of the side of the field and just saying, I don't have the horses to do this right, right now. So why am I going to show more? Why am I going to stunt? Why am I going to why am I going to send a ton of blitzes? Why don't I just surprise them with blitzes if I see them again in the playoffs? Right. And I mean, they brought in a, a horse, man. I think in terms of Richard Sherman, oh, yeah. you know, signing this deal with the Buccaneers, this is about the best Jason Light could have done with the situation he's faced with. Yeah. Um, I mean, although I did absolutely love the deal the Panthers pulled off. Um, yeah, for a CJ, young guy. CJ Henderson, a top 10 pick. He's only been in the yeah. league a year. Last year, yeah. I That's can't insane. believe that. That's unbelievable. But regardless, you know what? Our team, we're all young in the secondary anyway, corners and safety. So yeah. I think Richard Sherman could be just what the doctor ordered for that group. I'm not saying he's going to come in and, and I don't want anyone to overjudge him based on what happens this week. Um, but I think over the course of the season, as this plays out and I expect the Buccaneers to be a playoff team, as I think everyone does, he's going to, I think, prove to be a very valuable uh, voice in that locker room. And I think it's a great scheme fit. He, he excels in his own scheme. Uh, he, he's yeah. very highly intelligent and he's a good leader and he's well-respected by his teammates everywhere he's been. Um, so, I, I'm very, very enthusiastic about the Richard Sherman deal. I'd been yeah. talked about a ton. So, um, you know, that's awesome. Great call. It's, it's a perfect scheme fit. Like, totally. From a zone perspective, he's not only for himself, he's going to like 
coach up your defensive backs. Yeah. Like he's yeah. such a great person to have in there. It's like, this is what I did in Seattle and this is how we won the Super Bowl, basically. So yeah, yeah. He, he even mentioned that. I mean, it was talked about uh, a lot, him being a good, good scheme fit, but he talked about Todd Bowles' defense. He's very familiar with it and he loves yeah. it. So I think it's kind of a match made in heaven in a way. And I'm really excited to see Richard Sherman um, and how he fits in. Don't judge him right away, folks. Give him some time, but yeah. his influence will be apparent. I guarantee you that. And I think it's just a perfect match. I loved hearing him talk about Brady because he talked some shit to Brady back in the day. And yeah, the they, growth. Yeah, but they both developed a mutual respect. And uh, he has a ton of respect for Brady, as he should, and and Brady yeah. does for him. So um, I think that's a neat neat guy to add to a young defense, at least on the back end, a young defense. Yeah. Um, Brady played well, though, against the Rams, man. He's still playing extremely He's- well. Like the arms have, and like I think we've said, I've said it a few weeks now. I just don't think there's going to be a cliff ever for Brady. He's going to retire the guy that he is right now, and it's yeah. just going to be a matter of how long he wants to play because the arm talent is, if not better than it was when he was in New England. Honestly, yeah, look, it looks that way. I mean, maybe just because Bruce's offense involves stretching the field so much more, um, so he's given yeah. a chance to show it off. But it does appear that way. And, I mean, against the Rams, you know, that pocket seemed to be collapsing quicker than he's used mm-hmm. to, but he still managed to make accurate passes into tight windows under yeah. duress without forcing the issue. Like, he's just incredible. It's something to marvel at, really. Yeah, he's, he, getting, he's getting the ball so fast, too. It's so yeah. it's almost like a guy's like – it just frustrates the guys like Aaron Donald when you know, you know he's going to get there, but he just needs a second longer every time, and Brady's aware of it, so he's getting the ball about that much faster. It's unbelievable. So smart. So smart. Um, and I, you know what? I'm a guy who's got to acknowledge this. I have to be the one to say it, um, because I've just been such a tireless, diehard, blind Devin White supporter. Um, and I believe he deserves every bit of that. And I marvel at what he's capable of and how he played last year, but he is not playing under control right now, um, which he managed to do last year while still playing at full speed. He was always under control, missing a lot of tackles defensively, um, not committing to his assignments really kind of seems caught in between. So I don't know what's going on with Devin. I know he's going to have a blow up game soon and figure it out, but I hope it happens sooner than later. Yeah. Uh, but I do. It's the frustration. You can almost see it coming out of him. Like on, especially on, I think it was a week before, I think I was texting you and I was just basically being like, Devin white is like a second late to all these tackles. And you could just see every time he's pulling up, not getting the tackle. He's just a little bit more upset each time. And like he's going to take that out on someone during the season for sure. Yeah. But yeah, it's so frustrating to watch because like yeah, that's one of my favorite things about watching the growth of the Tampa Bay Bucks was watching Devin White last for sure. year, especially for sure. And you know, Levante David has played exceptional football though. Still, these first yeah. three games, my he's God, really good. he is yeah. he is incredible. Um, well, yeah, that's about all I wanted to just kind of summarize some issues that I think need to be corrected at some point, whether it happens this week or more gradually. Those Anything the- offensively, though? Um, yeah, yeah. Offensively, the Buccaneers need to establish some sort of a run game, man. And I know, yeah. like, I-, I was really belaboring the fact they need to commit more to the pass and not be forced to run on first down all the time and use play action. But again, at some point, you still need to have some sort of run game in order to open yeah. up the passing offense. And there's just there's too much inconsistency and a lack of commitment to the run game, and it's starting to burn them. It is. It really is. And it's almost a product of them not figuring out who they want to go with. Um, it's almost like Gio is 
like I think Gio is really good for the team, but him coming down on third down, it's almost throwing everybody else out of uh, out of rhythm. Like Gio's unaffected by it, but I think Lenny's a little bit frustrated by it. Obviously, Rojo, we've talked about all the struggles we've seen from him. Um, how did how did he play? Like I I, I can't even remember how did he play. I think he had like Sunday? eleven yards on five carries. I mean oh, the wow. the O line wasn't playing how I expected. Bruce tried to uh, say that Rojo ran the ball well, and that's. I think the point a lot of Buccaneers fans were kind of like, okay, Bruce. <laughs> yeah, really. When when do we believe what you say at this point? I mean, come yeah. on, dude. Just don't say anything or like you don't gotta completely BS us, BA. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so you know, one of those running backs needs to step up. Gio Bernard had a great game. Yeah, he was uh, good. But he's out this week, unfortunately. So I'll oh, wow. Yeah. So in terms of injuries heading into this. This uh, Brady's return, Brady and Gronk's return to Foxborough. Bernard is out with a knee. Uh, Jamel Dean is out with a knee, which is another Jeez. brutal hit. Brutal hit, right? Yeah. Two of our two of our three starting corners are now out. Uh, Scotty Miller's out with turf toe. He got sent to the IR. Must be a bad case of turf toe, and that's what they yeah, described it as. Really bad. Not a huge issue with AB coming back. Um, yeah. But regardless, hopefully Scotty gets well soon. Came out today that Gronk is doubtful. Um, yeah i saw that yeah we'll see what happens there i mean you know gronk wants to play in this game like everyone talks about about tb12 and obviously that's the the predominant narrative uh going on right now but you know gronk Some, wants somebody's got to catch it right yeah, so, yeah 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 well and just you know gronk wants to wants to spike one in that end zone so yeah uh, it's we'll a nice see. homecoming too right like yeah, he just ran that town right <laughs> like, yeah. you just assume that he just absolutely ran that town when totally. he was there you know he so, did he ran the college yeah. all those universities and college exactly the whole northeast yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that he just wants to come back like exactly do a gronk spike and go out that night and just be like yeah we killed you guys 35 17 yeah. and i'm having the time of my life in boston again no doubt clam chowder on the house <laughs> yeah exactly uh yeah man and you, you better than me pro- I was yeah, I was surprised Gronk came back and played uh, that game after seeing that hit he took. To be honest, yeah, I didn't. I like yeah, I. You could kind of feel the ribs break when he took that hit, right? Oh, so, it looked horrible, and he. And I, we've seen Gronk take so many horrible hits too, but that one sticks out. And he was in pain. Mm-hmm. Oh, we took a drink at the same time. Yeah, it's good for the podcast. It is. I'll get I'll get IT to edit that out actually. So okay. don't worry about that. Nice. Yeah. Johnny. <laughs> um JPP is questionable. Like that this injury, I think it's his shoulder. I said I thought it was his knee or his ankle. I think it's his shoulder. So yeah. he's questionable, but it's been very quiet on what's going on there. But he's such a warrior, like Bruce was talking about today. Like he's been like a partial participant and like he says he's gonna play. So that yeah. would be big. I think I think I probably didn't recognize quite the extent of um, power and motivational power JPP holds in that locker room. He seems to be so well respected. The more you He's hear leader. hear his players, teammates talk about him, you know yeah. what I mean? So I think JPP's value, um, you know, I kind of scoffed my my head or raised my eyebrows when I saw on the, P- uh, on the players top 100 that he was like 20 spots ahead of Shaq Barrett because that's uh-huh. just not, not what I've seen. But yeah. um, I think... So many guys know JPP and respect who he is and, and how he inf- impacts a locker room. I think that could be part of it as well. I think he's one of those guys where you're just in the locker room with him and he just 
he just elicits so much confidence, right, from from his teammates. Um, a guy that's seen absolutely everything and a guy that the media is totally – at one point completely wrote off when he, when he went through the whole thing with his fireworks and losing the parts with part of his hand and part of his fingers. um, I think a lot of people in the media were like, this guy's an idiot. Why is he? And like, I think he can speak to guys be like, okay, when you're down, I've been at the lowest of the lows, like looking at my hand in the hospital, making a huge mistake that should have like almost like dictated the way that my career was going to be. And I decided it's not going to go that way. So yeah, props to him. He, He is one of those leaders um you could tell from even i watched a ton of the training camp uh, uh pressers because of when we were getting ready and i was just starved of football for for the pod um but yeah you can tell he is a leader of that locker room and one of the guys that's probably the most respected on that side of the ball at least for sure yeah um so, I mean, in terms of – oh, and Jaden Mickens is coming back. So, that's big for the kick return game. I know uh, yeah. Dar- Darden got a little action. Um, I think it's kind of tough for him. Like, it se- seems like this year he's not going to be as involved as a lot of Bucks fans had hoped. Uh, but that's okay. I, I-, I feel really good about Jaden Mickens um, in terms of both his punt and kick returns this year so far. So, I'm happy to have him back. I would assume he will resume duties as the primary return man. Uh, but nice to know Darden's there as well. If not, I'd yeah. like to see Darden get a more realistic shot at some point. Tough to start your career off with that. But um, in terms of this game, though, Bo, like Bucks Pats, like this is the talk of the town as it should be. Tom yeah. Brady is a, is 21 years older than the opposing quarterback um, who he's playing, which is like the biggest age disparity yeah. in the history of football. I mean, there's going to be these every week about just like something, something in the history related to Tom Brady's age. But um, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of excited. A lot of, I, I feel like Brady wants this one so bad. I don't feel I know everyone knows like, Oh yeah. Even just the comparisons from Mac Jones being the next Brady. I think Tom would love to just kind of shove that right up bill and Mac Jones's backside. You know what I'm saying? Um. So I'm but just don't really... you think the Pats want this just as badly? Like if I was Mac Jones, what better way to endear yourself with the Pats fans than to beat Brady on a Sunday night football? Yeah, to say just as like, bad, I think is a stretch, but you're right. Like they, they're gonna want it bad. Like that would be the most badass. I'm here, I'm your new savior for Mac Jones. And um, also Belichick being like, I don't worry, I've got this almost. And he's had some weird, like, old guy moments as well lately, too. It's almost like he's looking forward to this game. Yeah, I saw him, like, not call a timeout in a weird time, or he was, like, doing a defensive sub in the red zone, and it came in super late, and it turned into a touchdown for Taysom Hill last week. Like, Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, there was some weird stuff that Belichick just doesn't ever get wrong. Um, and I wonder if he's just thinking about this game. Like, he's one of those guys that, I just feel like when he's zoned in on something, it's tough to get him off of it. So in my book, I'm I'm thinking the Pats want this just as bad as the Bucks, honestly. Yeah, maybe that's that's being overlooked a little bit. Like aside from even Belichick, like the actual yeah. players, they probably want to just they're probably sick of hearing about it because that's all that's I mean, oh that's all God. that's being taught. We're in Canada and that's all we're hearing about. So I can only imagine the the coverage in New yeah. England, Boston, all of Massachusetts, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um yeah. so that's really interesting. Uh, a couple like something I noticed. Um, the Pats are actually second in the NFL against the pass. Um, oh wow! And twenty second against the run. So, like their pass defense. I would have thought that would be flipped, honestly, because I think of them being having like a great front. 
especially with Gilmore being out, right? But yeah. Um, regardless, though, we're three games into the year, so just in the same way that we're talking about how the Bucks are historically bad covering the pass, yeah, they're banged up. Let's not read into this too much. Um, however, like regardless, I don't believe any defense can fully neutralize the Bucks' passing attack, and I'm not like no. saying they need to completely alter their approach for this game. But I am worried about the Bucks' run run game, as I mentioned, and and they'll need to establish themselves on the ground at some point. So if this game was strictly about like the strategy and how the teams match up, it would be a good opportunity to uh, start to establish that aspect of their offense against yeah. you know a vulnerable run defense. But, but also, also, like, I'm just looking at who the Pats have played so far. Like, New Orleans, okay, they, you got an okay passing attack, but it's Jameis. Jameis, I think he only threw it, like, 20 times that game. And then uh, the Jets and the Dolphins. So they haven't really played anyone with the firepower that they're about to see this week. Of course. And yeah. that's why I said take it with a grain of salt. But that is, yeah. just, like, what the numbers read at this point. So they, they have performed well against the pass. But – um regardless they're giving up a lot of a lot of yards on the ground like 120 plus yards um so that's something they're susceptible to but again i think the bucks are going to be ultra aggressive this game and i think brady is going to be treating this like a super bowl game like i think he's going to want to attack them in the air regardless he knows those dbs can't match up with his new toys out out here in tampa yeah Um, this is the ultimate no risk it no biscuit game to me yeah, I wish yeah. Scotty Miller was playing honestly, because I just, I just think of that halftime with the Packers game of just Brady being like, "Fuck it, Scotty's somewhere down there for sure," which was amazing. <laughs> yeah, he did it against the Raiders to Scotty too, and just an yeah, absolute true. window dressing, dropped mm-hmm. it in there like a raindrop into an eyeball. Looking <laughs> up, um, the optometrist. There's a new al- analogy for you, folks. <laughs> Um, yeah, Drew, Drew, uh, Pagones on Facebook, his comment was regards to the Pats. He's saying, look who they played against. Totally yeah. Drew. That's what we're saying. We're with you, buddy. You're right. Just felt it was still worth mentioning that at this point of the year, that is their strength, regardless of who they've played against, but you are not wrong, sir. We do agree with you. Um, Benny Sokoloskis, 48 more yards. Chris Godwin needs to pass Keyshawn Johnson for seventh place all time in Buccaneer receiving yards. That is impressive, and I was not aware of that. Thanks for bringing that up, Benny. Godwin already awesome. already approaching Keyshawn, and uh, that's a player who, who's, you know, well-respected in the Tampa Bay area. Godwin has also uh, won a Super Bowl um, in Tampa, so my goodness. He is quickly ascending the ranks of the all-time greats at that position. Happens to be here at the same time as the all-time greatest receiver in Buccaneers history, which, of course, is Mike Evans. Um Happy to watch those two boys and have AB back this week, man. I they're I'm excited to watch. Like they're also coming off a tough loss. Like this team is going to yeah. be hungry. Bruce said today that they had some of their best practices in a while. Uh, William Golson was talking about how sharp it seemed, like mentally. So I love to see that. Um, Drew uh, Pagonas on Facebook also says our linebackers need to step up this game. Look for White and David to have a big game. As we said earlier, Drew. Not sure if you just hopped on, but we were talking a lot about a fair bit about White and David. Lamonte David's just been balling out this year so far, uh, whereas Devin White has struggled. He has not played how we expect. I would love to see him get back on the horse, pun intended. Um, and uh, It's also because we just, we just want to see Devin White excel in like 
be successful too, right? I was just I was excited for him to take another step from where he was last year, um, especially in the passing game. And it's just it doesn't seem like it's going to be this year, but the way that it started out so far. But he has all the tools, and like we said, like he's gonna he's gonna take it out on someone at some point this season. Yeah, I think we'll, I still think we'll see a develop or uh, some improvement from him in that area this year. It's just, but you're right. Like so far, it is not trending in that direction. Yeah. I have to agree with you on that. Um, and yeah, two different coaching philosophies as well. Just like Bruce Arians, <laughs> Bruce Arians, and uh, uh, Bill Belichick. So I, I'm excited to see this game from a number of different angles. Yeah, I can see if you're gonna unleash it. With Mac Jones, I don't know. I guess this is the defense to do it against. Um, but I can't imagine he's going to have a ton of time back there. Um, the Pats offensive line isn't awesome. Um, and I think this is this is a good one for Shaq Barrett to get on the right page, Vita Vea to keep doing what he's doing, um, and see Devin White come in on some more blitzes as well too. I know that there's going to be a lot of 12 personnel out there with uh, their two tight end targets who are not paying off from the big paychecks that they gave out this summer so far. Oh, I that, think look, that looks atrocious right now. Yeah. They're, that's two of the worst tight end duos in a league right now. Right. So I don't know. I, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming they're going to stick to that and keep going. Uh, shout out to the guy last week who said Jacoby Myers over five and a half oh, catches and damn. we kind of lapped him off. Yeah, Jacoby Myers is balling. I, uh, all right, I, I, I'll I'll concede that. And we were incredibly off. So anything that we said, I hope you guys went the wrong way, went the other way on that last week. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's to... uh, yeah. Go ahead. Thank you for bringing that up. I wish I could remember whose name it was. It was someone. I know me too. Some some listener who was tuning in live. I think it was on YouTube. Said, "What do you guys think of J- Jacoby Myers over four and a half receptions?" Um, at, at a real juicy clip, and we were kind of like, "Man, we got better picks." Than that, we're not <laughs> we're not concerning ourselves with Jacoby Myers. Well, wasn't the best weekend for Bucks banter on on the betting side of things, oh, but you know we had a good year, really good year last year, and we're gonna stick to our process. Bodan and I, we love our overs, we love our player props, um, and we got a few few for you t- tonight. I imagine. Do you think this is a good time, Bodan, to transition into some of our picks? You got some this week, or are you like I I don't feel off? like I I feel. Like, I feel like it's a guy that just like woke up from a bad dream. Honestly, uh, I, I texted you like as it was happening on Sunday. I was just like, "There's not even anything that I wish that I would have bet instead of what I did because all of it was wrong." Like, yeah. I, I unloaded the clip and all of it was just garbage. So, um, yeah, I don't really like. I, I'm a little shell shot going into this week. I won't lie. Yeah, fair. Well, yeah. I'll kick us off. So. I'm one for one so far. I had Trevor Lawrence over 14 and a half rushing yards versus the Bengals last night, which was a which was an entertaining game, was it not? Like it was actually pretty fun. Actually, it was it was a rough first half, that's for sure. Um, but the second half was really fun. Yeah, and just entertaining in terms of like two really talented young quarterbacks. Like I love yeah. to see Joe Burrow dial in in the second half. He's one of my favorite, if not my favorite, young quarterback in the league. Um, yeah. I mean, he was the number one pick, so like, I'm not like going on an island, but I was like real big on Burrow. How could you not be after that year he had at LSU? Anyway, he seemed yeah, yeah. lots of the reports that came out of Cincinnati preseason were about how Burrow looked terrible and Jamar Chase couldn't catch a football. But I stayed pretty strong in my stance about Jamar Chase, and uh, 
he's looking the part of the first receiver drafted. Yeah. So that's his first game without a touchdown. Yeah, it was. He was still he was still very effective, obviously. Yeah. He's really good. Yeah. Um, so yes, I am on or I was on Trevor Lawrence. I hit that, thank God. Felt good to be on the winning side of a bet since last weekend. (laughs) Another one I really like, Bo, is Nick Chubb over 77 and a half rushing yards. Uh it it was minus 114 specific number, I know, but that's what I got it at. It's now moved up to 79.5 yards, so an extra two yards, but it's a little juicier for you, I think, at minus 110. And I just think – I think it's Nick Chubb. They're playing the Vikings. I think it's Nick Chubb. If you can get him under 80 yards rushing, you take it, Uh, especially coming off a game where Kareem Hunt got a major workload and was really productive. I find Stefanski likes to, you know, share the love a little bit. Those games where Kareem Hunt does something, he'll be like, all right, slow down. This is still the Chubster's train. And choo-choo, all aboard the Chubb train, baby. That's an insane. That's an insane game as well, too, because the Vikings have a little bit of momentum going into this, but I think the Browns are another class above them, um, and the Browns have something to prove this year, right? Like they lose that really close game to the Chiefs in Week One, but they've looked solid since then. Um, other than the first half of that Texans game, they didn't look that great, but since then they've been they've been really good. Um, so yeah, I, I I could get behind a Chubb. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I don't want to say that. Actually, yeah, <laughs> a little bit of phrasing, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm all for Nick Chubb. Better behind than in front. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, okay. No. <laughs> okay. Speaking of this same game, I'm also going to take. Uh, well, I've already bet it, so these are these are my picks, folks. I don't suggest bets. I'm not betting myself, so at least at least know that. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. over 65 and a half receiving yards in the same game versus the Vikings minus 110. He had 77 with ease last week. Uh, Jarvis Landry is out. I think, I think he's going to do this again. I mean, he it looked he looked really good. He did, like I said, he did it with ease. Coming off the injury, looked spry. They really were careful with not rushing him back for week one. You know, they let him rest a couple, make sure he was a okay. And um, I was impressed with what I saw, what I saw from Odell. And I think just based on necessity, the target share is going to be there. Um, he's not a, like, he's not super old. So I think 60 under 66 yards, I think that's super attainable and something I am willing to, to bet on. Um, and yeah, I think the Browns, like you said, Bo, I think they're going to establish themselves. They're a clear class above the Vikings. I think the Browns are absolutely legit. And Baker seems to be playing pretty well this year, which is always going to be the key for them. The one thing I'll give the Vikings is Kirk Cousins is playing extremely well, um, so far. And they've been able to move the ball. I was I was not expecting them to be able to move the ball against the Seattle Seahawks last week, um, but they they did their thing for sure, and and especially without Dalvin Cook last week, um, Kirk Cousins really took that into his own. Uh, so that's one thing I'll be I'll be definitely watching this game. That's that's a big game, and I'm I'm excited to see it. Now, Bo, do you have any other picks you want to say, or do you want me to keep going through mine and you'll just kind of keep going, keep going? I just want to, yeah, I just want to, I want to be. You don't uh, gotta force nothing in yeah. the jury. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I'm still form. I'm still a process, right? Like last last year, we would just call each other on Sundays and do this, right? But yeah. it was to do it on Fridays. It's a little bit tougher for me now. Just, I want to like see how things progress. Watch the injury report, especially with COVID right now, right? Maybe somebody gets a little late scratch and we get a good number. But yeah. Yep. Yep. You know the late injuries. You know things like that affect the game. 
just injury news, even if it's someone at a similar position, but not the player in question. Exactly. I just don't want to force any. I feel like almost not that I felt like I was forcing it last week. I felt great about all my picks last week. Right. But uh, I just want to I just want to play it a little bit cooler this week. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, I gave out like 10 last week. I got five player props here as of now that I like. So nice. here's my third. So I've well, I already hit Trevor Lawrence. But here I then I mentioned Nick Chubb, OBJ. I'm also on DeAndre Swift over five and four and a half receptions Ooh. versus the Bears. That's plus 120. Um, four and a half? Four and a half. He has 19 receptions through their oh, first wow. three games. Okay. And um, they're talking like the talk there, Dan Campbell has even said, is he's going to be even more involved moving forward. So I just think they love him in the passing game. Um, the Bears are stout up front, right? They're a problem. They've been balling out defensively. Um, yeah. Quietly, they've been doing a really nice job. So I think I find that often can open it up for the running backs who catch the ball, you know, get them out in space a little bit. Uh, so I think for DeAndre Swift, I think it's a big part of his game. And I think it's going to become more so as the season progresses. So, like, are you going to watch any of that game? Well, I got a couple TVs so that I set up, as you know. I know. So there's but a good still, game. that's on why my, I'm asking. On my on my flick flicker yeah i'll be tuning in a little bit for a couple possessions at least the first right. first few see where we're at four um, and a half that's a lot of receptions for a uh, running back it so, is it is um but 19 through nine, yeah. 19 through three games bo yeah that's three. that's still that's still quite good so i mean you know i just think that's well we'll see shit we'll see man i'm not ain't no lock folks let me tell you that <laughs> but but i'm betting it yeah. Um, and then I'm also on Jalen Waddle over 47 and a half receiving yards against oh, the Colts. Um, he's hit, he's surpassed this number in all three games. And I think Brissett helps him compared to Tua for one. Yeah. Um, I just think he's a more competent, accurate passer who's more comfortable running an NFL system. He's got a couple games under his belt now. Um, and I think he's been looking at target. He has been looking at target Waddle a lot. So I think that actually yeah. helps him. Um, of course, India has a pretty so solid pass D, but I still think that that's a very modest number. Like, I like that 47 and a half. He doesn't even need to have a big game um, to achieve that. And he's the type of player who hasn't really done it yet, but he could easily take a take a, a screen pass or a hitch pass um, the distance for one big chunk. So um, I like that one over the course of four quarters for Waddle to surpass 47 and a half receiving yards. So I really like that. Good. Oh, I'm happy to hear that. So, uh, for this weekend, I'm on Nick Chubb over 77 and a half rushing yards. I am on OBJ in the same game versus the Vikings uh, to surpass 65 and a half receiving yards. I am on DeAndre Swift over four and a half receptions versus the Bears. That is plus 120. Juicy, juicy, not minute made juicy like Tropicana juicy, fresh <laughs> squeeze, baby. Um, Jalen Waddle over 47 and a half receiving yards versus the Colts. So as of now, that's what I got. But I'm I'm saving a lot of ammo in the bank because Bodan, like you, I had a tough week last week, as we mentioned a few times now. Um, you know, we got nothing to hide here at Bucks Banter. No. We're gonna give it to you. We're gonna give it to you straight. Um, so I'm gonna be keeping my eye on a lot of props on the in game because one of the the only ones I won were guys I was watching. I was like, Travis Kelsey's yards has dropped to 70, 71 and a half, and it was only in the yeah. second quarter because they barely like had the ball because of those turnovers. So I bet that, and he almost got it within three minutes of betting it. And then the next thing I know, his over-under was 111. Yeah. So, you know, guys like Kelsey. I'm also very interested in Jonathan Taylor's rushing yards. It's around 70, hovering 
up and down. I think he's due for a breakout game, but I have bet on him and not not been successful this year. So I want to see maybe if he has a quiet first drive and I can get it even lower, a little bit mm-hmm. greedy. That's something I would jump on. Um, but yeah, those are those are the five props that I have in play for this week so far. Yeah. Um, like I said, I think I'm looking at the props in game. I might save, I'm going to save quite a bit in the bank for the props in game for sure. Um, I like the idea of the in game bets for, uh, for that Jonathan Taylor as well. And then also, yeah, trying to get a superstar at a discount is something that worked for us a ton last year as well, too. So yeah, I like where your head's at with Kelsey last week. So, um, I do like some sides. Um, I kind of, I kind of love the Dolphins minus two and a half. Uh, against the Colts I think the Colts as much as you think that they're a good team or we want to just keep on believing that they're a good team and the AFC has a bunch of these good teams I don't think the Colts are one of them Um, I think the Dolphins are a lot better than them for one and defensively I just I I would be a little bit wary of Jonathan Taylor this week because I just I love the Dolphins against the run Um, right yeah that's uh, that's one that I'll be looking at for sure um, if I could get if see if the Colts get an early score and get the Dolphins with at plus points or uh, plus on the money line, I'd be all over that. Um, also, I really like the Cowboys. Um, I thought that they showed that they're one of the like upper tier, one of the top tier offensive attacks in the league. And going up against the Panthers, who are missing uh, J.C. Horn on the outside, C.J. Henderson coming in. So they got a little bit of help coming in for that, but um, take some time. I just take some time. Exactly, you would you would think so. Yeah, yeah. But also, like, I almost like when those guys because I, uh, as a scorned Jags fan in the past, I I remember when Jalen Ramsey got traded and immediately like went up another level as soon as he got to the Rams. Um, So I wonder if you're going to see the same thing happen with CJ Henderson, but. Yeah, for for my bet, I'm hoping that doesn't happen because I would like to take the, the Cowboys uh, and the Dolphins, maybe even in a parlay uh, pregame uh, on the money line. Cowboys do look good, man. They're like, I think yeah. I really, I was talking about in our chat, like Dak Pres- Prescott has earned respect from anyone, and he deserves oh, yeah. it from everyone. Uh, he is he's a legit top tier quarterback, man. Like as a passer, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he is poised. He is smart. He's a hell of a player, and he's got the weapons that he's using. You know, yeah. So and you're just you're just never out of a game with the Cowboys now. Like it never yeah. it never feels like any lead is insurmountable for them. So, yeah. And this yeah. year will be the emergence of CD Lamb. It already like has been like it really is. I still can't believe he was the third receiver taken in the draft last year. That was a lunatic move um, by a number of teams. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, I don't hate that. Uh, the Favored by four, Carolina looks solid. But, yeah, and they're without Christian McCaffrey as well. Let's not forget that. So that's a lot riding on Edmonton, Alberta's finest, Chuba Hubbard, uh, to step into into a big spot. And the Cowboys' D has made plays. Um, Michael Parsons might be a defensive end. Yeah, he could be. He could be either. Um, Yeah. He's got got that those Devin White traits, like insane speed and strength and good instincts. Um, And... And Trayvon Diggs looks fantastic. Dude's out there making plays, man. He could be the best corner in that draft as well. Trayvon Diggs did look really good. I think you're playing against an Eagles team that's, uh, I don't know. I think they kind of exposed Jalen Hurts last week. 
Um, but yeah, I, I loved what I saw from that Cowboys defense last week on uh, Monday night or whatever it was. It, they, they look good. No Dexter Lawrence hurts, hurts a bit, uh, for yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of bets, you know, I got a little parlay, but like, it's just a money line parlay. It's nothing sexy. Six teamer. I got the Bengals who hit, I got the Browns over the Vikings bills at home over the Texans chiefs over the Eagles Titans over the jets and Packers over the Steelers. Um, so nothing, nothing crazy. I do do. kind of like, I do kind of like, sorry. Um, I like I think the Niners are a little overrated and I think they're a little banged up and I think the Seahawks are going to be desperate. So getting them at plus points, uh, they're plus two and a half now. It was plus three. Um, I kind of like the Seahawks this week. Uh, I know a lot of people are on the Niners and that's not a team you necessarily want to bet against at home, but I just have a feeling. So haven't bet it yet myself, yeah. but uh, that's, that's good. One. That's a tough one. I can't see the Niners losing two in a row at home. Um, and also, the Seahawks are almost like it's almost it's what I know the Cardinals are are trending towards, where it's just like you're never you never feel safe when you bet the Seahawks. You're just basically waiting the entire game to see how that last drive is going to play out. Um, but, but they yeah, would only like you know if they lo- if they lost by two in a close game, like I think it's going to be close. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. So if they're plus points, um, it's, it's it's got my attention. Is all I'm trying to say. Yeah, I'm, I, I could see it. I could see it. Uh, I guess no one in the comments has has many uh, bets or questions related to the betting side. So I'm feeling like you know we've talked about um, we summarized. Oh, I got. I just got. I just got a message here from it. It's uh, Scott Ca- Scott Capron's official picks for the week. Oh, uh, here we he go. Loves Baltimore. Baltimore plus one at uh, Denver, right? Baltimore. Mile high. Yeah, at Denver. That's. That's a game I cannot wait to see. Two of the best defenses in the league. Um, so getting plus points on whoever it is. He says that Baltimore, he got Baltimore at plus one. They're actually at minus one now at 105, uh, negative 105 uh, on the betting line. So he got them at plus on plus points. I wonder what he got the price at. But uh, he likes he likes Baltimore. Who knows if he actually bet these because he doesn't like the bet pregame. But uh, he also likes Green Bay minus six and a half. So he's with you on the Green Bay pick. Um, and I can attest to his group chat, uh, a slander against uh, Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers offense in general, and Mike Tomlin as a coach and a human being. So yeah, he, uh, he's going all in against the, uh, Steelers not being a good team this year, which they haven't really shown us much aside from uh, week one. So yeah, I, I, uh, I like these picks from uh, our buddy Scott yeah. out in the town, dad out in the town. The Broncos scare me a little bit. I don't fully trust this version of the Ravens. I feel like they've been pretty lucky to squeak out some wins. And I think everyone knows mile high is a tough place to play. Um, And I think the Broncos D is for real, even with Bradley Chubb on the shelf. But that being said, um, you do also need to acknowledge like they haven't played any top tier quarterbacks yet either. No. Um, And that's always very important to consider. So we'll find out if they're for real or not this week playing against Lamar. Um, we'll see what happens. Any and Lamar's other... playing, like a lot of people would say, like Lamar, is he a top-tier quarterback? He's playing, if you want to look at the numbers, he's playing like a top-tier quarterback. Um, before that Justin Tucker kick, he has an unbelievable pass to get them from a fourth fourth and 19, I think it was. So, yeah. That was an amazing pass. And, oh, man, he's still recent NFL MVP. Lamar's no joke. Exactly. Yeah, you can't, 
ever count him out. He is elite. Big trust. Big trust. Um, any other picks or anything else you want to get off your chest before we uh, head into the weekend here, Bo? No, let's let's get up out of here, man. I will. Uh, if you want to see my picks, I'll probably post them on Twitter. If you want to come follow me at Bo Knows Ball, it's right in the corner right over there. Um, yeah, I'll uh, I'll be in touch over this weekend. I think maybe we we need to have our old Sunday uh, conglomerate talk of just okay, what are we looking at going into yeah. these? Uh, get, the get back to the roots. Get back to exactly. what got it here. Trust the um, process. No doubt. And while you're at it, follow Bucks Banter on Twitter if you aren't already. And of course, more importantly, head over to our YouTube channel, Bucks Banter. Please subscribe. We really appreciate the support. It goes a long way. Um, and thank you for, th- for those of you who joined us live this evening for this Friday night banter episode. Uh, happy to be broadcasting live on Bucks Report as we do every Monday night at 7 p.m. And uh, we will be doing that next week. So look forward to catching up with you. We'll review some of our picks. And we will certainly be talking lots about Tom Brady's return to Foxborough, Rob Gronkowski's return to Foxborough, and just the Super Bowl champs facing off against uh, a team led by a young quarterback with the New England Patriots and Mac Jones. So thanks for listening, folks. Appreciate you. And uh, have a good weekend, everyone. Peace.